So I can have, you know, a really high wall on this aspect of my life, but then a less, um, a more easily Stringent. scalable wall <laughs> somewhere else. So when we were kind of getting into like some of the topics that we were going to talk about, I probably struggle the most with like work boundaries than I do interpersonal boundaries. Um, and again, define struggle. I don't know. Like, I don't feel as disappointed by people a lot of times because my expectation is not that. Hmm, how did how do I say this and not sound? like a sociopath. (laughs) Hey everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Welcome back. We're here recording episode three for the Advice Not Given podcast. And today, Kelly and I are talking about the B word, boundaries. The B word. The B word. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of a B word, though, because um, something, sometimes a lot of us struggle with having boundaries. And it's funny because Kelly and I have kind of been chatting before we recorded and we have very different different views on boundaries or like how how certain people struggle with them and certain people do not. So, Kelly, what were you? <laughs> Share a little snippet. So it's true. And again, you guys on a future episode, we'll get into um, personality typing systems. It's particularly the one that we love. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, I am a type five. And um Type fives are typically called like the castle or (laughs) what's the other? There's a totem. There's a castle. We're very um, walled off. It is literally like how we operate in the world. And that's kind of unique. So I was just telling Claire, I am having a hard time with this topic, mainly because I've always sat back and been like, why do people struggle with boundaries? Now, my boundaries are very intuitive like I can set them up and erect them very quickly and it takes people time kind of earning their way over my boundaries but that also walls me off and probably prohibits me from connection that might not otherwise have occurred as naturally as it does for other people so definitely not placing any sort of judgment value on the fact that I'm like quote good at boundaries Um, but I think we're going to have a really interesting time kind of going back and forth with this because you know my struggles are not the same as probably a lot of your struggles who are listening. So yeah, that's kind of, that's, it's, it's, I don't know. It's going to be fun. Cause we definitely come at things from different, completely different angles. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of mentioning to her is I think she is the exception, not the rule as far as having pretty strong and set boundaries in place. And I feel like I have boundaries in place in my life, but they're maybe a little more hard fought to achieve and keep in place. And I'm wondering maybe if that's true for most everybody else that. Well, so, So let me ask you this. Do you, do people, like when you first meet someone or you're first in relationship, you know, whatever level of intimacy that is with someone, do you immediately trust them and give them benefit of the doubt? Or do you immediately sort of like are on edge and kind of skeptical of them? Well, I wouldn't say I'm on edge, but I definitely do not trust right away. I'm a type six. And so as kind of the ultimate skeptic, I feel like I'm constantly scanning, like, can this person be trusted? And I do that through conversation, like putting little things out there and kind of seeing how people respond or what their answer is to certain things. And so, yeah, I'm definitely like 
building a scaffolding of trust when I talk to people. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think mine, my, my boundaries are just always there. Like, people don't even have a chance until a very long time into the relationship to be able to understand, like, what I'm willing to relinquish to them. And also, my boundaries are very compartmentalized. So I can have, you know, a really high wall on this aspect of my life, but then a less, um, a more easily Stringent. scalable wall <laughs> somewhere else. So when we were kind of getting into like some of the topics that we were going to talk about, I probably struggle the most with like work boundaries than I do interpersonal boundaries. Um, and again, define struggle. I don't know. Like, I don't feel as disappointed by people a lot of times because my expectation is not that... Hmm. How did how do I say this and not sound like a sociopath? <laughs> My expectations aren't that high for people unless they've earned it. They've earned that sort of bump, right? Like so if I am disappointed, so to speak, by someone, um yeah, you know, okay, cool. That just redefined the boundary. But I know that I've spoken to friends and other people that, you know, that I know in my life and I've heard them kind of, you know, vent about a thing that happens and they're like, it's just shaking my trust in them and humanity, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, really? Because you should have probably prepared yourself for that. Um, yeah. And see, so I feel yeah. like I I have really high expectations and not for everybody. I mean, I have, you know certain people I have really, Mm -hmm. really high expectations for. And I don't tend to feel like you mentioned some of your friends feel like, oh, they've just shaken. My world is shaken. When I feel disappointment, I'm like, well, it was bound to happen at some point because I knew, you know, I knew this would never live up to what I, I am bad about building up the expectations so high (laughs) that no one can reach it. (laughs) So you've somehow turned it back onto yourself. That's crazy. So you're disappointed by someone or you're wronged by someone, but then you're able to then turn it around and somehow blame yourself for that. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Dang, Claire. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know it's terrible. I mean, it really is. And I mean, I don't feel like I live in that Mm -mm. every single person I meet, but I feel like I am somewhat like you guarded in who I let into my inner circle. And then kind of like once it's that circle's broken or once that I have a hard time Mm-hmm. Well, that's where your security is, is that, yeah. that, yeah. that network, that woven sort of tapestry of who your community is. All right, let's back up. How would you define a boundary? Like, let's let's frame what we're talking about here. Um, you go first, and then I'll, I'll give my okay. two cents. Well, I have to think in terms of, is a boundary put in place for another person that I'm, I don't want to say I'm trying to keep out, but is the boundary there for the other person or is the boundary there for me? And I think most of the time, I think it's there for me and how I choose to give away my time or give away my energy or resources. So I guess I define it more in that, in that way. Like, I don't feel like, like I can deal with whatever anybody else throws at me. I don't feel like I have anything super toxic in my life that I'm trying to like shield away, like from another person. Mine is more of how I choose to like give away my energy, I guess is the best definition. So that's one I definitely agree with. Um, and kind of, it resonates with me. So mine is, um, my boundaries, again, they're going to look different. Just kind of like what you said, they're going to look different for different sort of areas. 
So it looks different for work than it looks different for, you know, my family, my friends, whatever, acquaintances, you know, you've got, so, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else does this. Does anybody edit their friends list on Facebook? Do you do this? Yes. There? Okay. I do. So I have categories and tiers of people that I literally let into my social media world on different wow. levels. So I have like very, when I say I have clear boundaries, like they, yes, I have levels of, of what's acceptable for people to know about me. And then to take it a step farther, um, I'm also really good at compartmentalizing areas and aspects of my life. So I will share certain things that are relevant with this pod of people. And then um, they might not know a thing about this other aspect of my life. Like maybe, you know, my work friends don't know that I played soccer, you know, and then I have, you know, soccer friends from that one time as an adult, I played soccer, which was really stupid. But anyway, maybe they know that I do that, but have no idea what I do for a profession or they don't know how many kids I have. Right. Like it can be, <laughs> I'm telling you. So like, isn't there a way on literally on Facebook that you yeah. can like, group? do you have that? So I you do. only share like posts? Yeah. Now you're going to go look and see what you see. <laughs> You can see on my feet. No, it's not. Okay, so it's not that clearly defined on Facebook, but I do have levels of audiences. Okay. So there's public, right? Anybody on the planet can see what I'm putting out. Well, yeah. Then there's um, acquaintances. Friends. So if oh, I've met you, have, you. But you have that actually set on your oh, Facebook? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. The minute I friend someone, like, they are they get probably put in the acquaintance bucket because, you know, how well do you know people on Facebook, right? And then, you know, if I, I, the, I think the determination I ended up making was if I invite, either you've had dinner at my house or I'd be okay with inviting you to dinner at my house. So maybe they don't live here, but wow, you are so cool. I like you a lot. You should come have dinner. Whether or not that's feasible doesn't matter, but then you get bumped into the next tier. Um, and then I think the next one is whether or not I'd trust you with my kids. Um, <laughs> Do you know what my filter is? And I don't have them grouped like that. But mine for Instagram is, do you? Do I think they would come to my funeral? That's mine. That's weird. That is worst case scenario, like to the next level. Are you joking? I'm not. Would they come to my, would they speak at my funeral? That could be another one. Like, would you give a eulogy? I keep my Instagram very, very tight. Like my Facebook is like, oh, we've met once or we have a mutual friend yeah. or you may need a tip about, you know, a duty station. Anything mm. goes on there. But on Instagram, I really, and it's not quite to that level because I have wow. accepted friend requests. I don't know if they're not even called that on Instagram, but I've granted permission there mm. um, probably in the last year with more people that are like military affiliated right. people. Like yeah. not close, but I did for a long, long time. I kept it so tight that like, these are people that are like, I really know you, like you, I know mm. you well enough that you would more than likely attend my funeral. Wow. So, and that's interesting too, that your boundaries get blurred over time, right? So mine, right. especially when we're talking about social media, my boundary for, you know, my professional persona and my private life have been really blurred. Like, I don't feel like my social media is private anymore. You know, I tried for a long time to keep it locked down, you know, I had, a fake, I had a fake name, you know, like all this stuff. But there came a point where it's like I was getting too many personal friend requests from people because they knew me through work and I didn't feel comfortable letting them into that world. So I actually did create a business profile for people, for somewhere to send people like, hey, I'm not right. trying to diss you. Like I just, this is just private. But then I've ended up... I've, like I said, I've been able to kind of like filter down everything else in a way yeah. that I feel like my boundaries are honored and respected. It's on me. 
to make sure that I'm gauging what content I put out um, and make sure making sure that it's appropriate for the audience that I'm trying to put information out to. Plus, you know, it's Facebook, so they're not going to see it anyway. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, um, there you go. Well, you asked me my definitions of what's your, what is your definition of boundaries or what do you think of when you hear boundaries? It is. So I think a lot of people think of, you know, protecting themselves, um, making sure that they are, they have some sort of gauge on what's healthy for them, um, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, all of that sort of thing. So I think it does take a, a certain level of self-awareness to start to figure out what a boundary would even look like for you. True. I think mine came like, innately. <laughs> I think I was programmed right. with them. But um, for most people, I do think that you have to feel those out over time. And then sadly, a lot of times they get erected because of injury. You know, right. you were wronged in some way. So now this wall goes up. Um, it may be another discussion of whether or not that is healthy um, for you to, you know, keep these boundaries. But right now we're just trying to figure out what they are and where they come from. Um, I, I love what you said about energy and resources, because that is a huge consideration for me. Um, I know a lot of people don't feel this way, but for me, it is like, okay, if I let you in, are you the kind of person that will abuse my resources or place expectations on me that I'm uncomfortable with or become an intrusion on my sanctuary, my space, my time, my, my mind, you know, like, are you going to drain me? Um, So that's, that's tough. And I struggle with that because I don't want to be the kind of person that's only friends with people that feed you know like I want to give right. back as well but it's so expensive for me to give back sometimes yeah so those yeah. are those are the kind of boundaries where like I will never forget my first duty station here so you guys if you're just catching up Claire and I are military spouses and um I had just moved to a, you know a brand new duty station had met this friend and I'm, I was really struggling with the whole like you have to be friends with everybody your husband's works with right. kind of thing like the the ready-made friend groups and um I just didn't do that kind of scene at all and this girl who turned out she's one of my favorite people on the planet now but the first thing like I, we met we switched phone numbers hey we should have coffee sometime okay cool I'm excited to hang out with you and then I get a text like the next day and she wanted me to take her to the airport two hours away what I was like whoa sister like this is not gonna work so I (laughs) boundary bam like immediately I was like I'm not gonna be that person for you um you know I was really polite about it I'm so sorry I can't is there any way other any other way I can help you you know that but I know like I need you to know right from the beginning like because I to me I feel like you do that once for someone then you're just you just become the trough that people keep coming back to um and some people are okay with that and some people struggle and that's where I I like suffocate in situations like that I love to be able to be that person I want to be that person I always wanted to be that person that didn't care and would be willing to drop everything but I it's not possible (laughs) so for me well and that's that's the that's the benefit too of knowing those boundaries is you can protect and I know I don't know I feel like in some ways this is coming off like super selfish about like well I can't do this and I don't want to help and I do feel like I'm helpful to people and willing and able to help but I also have seen the like you said the just not being in a good space and so I think for me I've learned that like there is there's a finite limit to what I can say yes to or you know who I can say yes to um, and maintain good mental health and 
Overall. Well, and to have it not erode, and to also honestly, it protects the relationship. Um, it does. You, everyone has strengths and everyone has weaknesses, um, and we can work all day on those weaknesses. That's fine. But the reality is, is that's a weakness for you. I don't cook. Like I don't like to cook. I don't enjoy it. And I know that that's what you're supposed to do when people are sick or had surgery or you know his husband is away or spouse is away, whatever. But that's not my that's not my thing. Um, yeah. So I have become really good at also then saying no, but you know, or what about what I'm I'm asked to serve on you know different sort of committees and boards and things like that, and I've I've turned down some. Because it wasn't a good fit for me. And again, I mean, that's a boundary, right? I know that I don't have time to commit to this thing. But what if I were able to help you in this way? You know, yeah. having sort of like a a boundary that kind of, it's curved, right? It'll shoot you off into another direction. Like, hey, that's not something that's going to be um, a good use of my time. And don't say it in that way because that sounds selfish. But yeah. what if instead of I'm able to support you in this way? Or, yeah. you know, I'm happy to support what you're doing. However, like, I don't think I can commit to it on this level, mainly because I'm going to get burnt out. You're going to get crappy work if it's not something I enjoy, because I just know if my heart's not in it, it's not going to work out well. Like, you don't want to, like, overextend yourself in a way that takes the joy out of what you're doing. Yeah. But here's another thought, though. Don't you think it takes practice saying that because I think for a lot of people mm -hmm. the the trouble with boundaries it's the I don't know how to say no I don't know how to engage with someone look them in the eye send them a message call them back and say that's not going to work for me there's a I'm probably getting the episode wrong but I have a quote from the office for everything in my life and I think it's the episode <laughs> where Michael wants Jim to pick out a new insurance plan and I love the way Jim says no to him he says that sounds like something that I am not going to do. <laughs> he totally drags <laughs> it out. And instead of just saying no, but I feel like that's a lot of us. Like we have a hard oh, time yeah. just saying, no, that that's not going to work for me or no, I don't have the time or no, that's not going to fit with my, my giftings or whatever. And so I think it's the practice of saying no, that's hard. So now that we're talking about TV show quotes, um, my new favorite quote on the planet, I've used it, I've overused it in the past two days. I was watching Orange is the New Black <laughs> on Netflix, and um, I think something that we're really guilty of is giving too many excuses. Right. So you pad the no with an right. excuse. Um, and a lot of times that comes off ingenuine or disingenuous because it's like either yes or no. Like the person that's requesting a thing or a fat task or a favor doesn't care right. like they they literally just need the answer yes or no so that they can move on and find someone else to help them or right. whatever it is but I think we've gotten especially as women we're the worst we are the right. worst about it um I am so sorry right this and 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 that's the reason why unfortunately apologetically I will not be able to whatever go to your thing or do the what doesn't matter yeah. and so there was an episode recently where um Oh my God, Alex, the character, th th somebody was trying to get her to do something and was coming up with excuses and I can't because whatever. And she was like, I don't need to know your life. Like, True. <laughs> so my new favorite quote is like, y'all don't need to know my life, but I'm saying yeah. no. Like, I can't. Or unfortunately, no. Or like, whatever it is. But it's just like, no, I, I don't need to give you the excuses. And I don't need to apologize. Like, no, period, full yeah. stop. That's it. Just yeah. no. I'll have to look it up and we'll put it in the show notes. But there's something I either heard on a podcast or read recently. And it's kind of for the chronic 
yes person, like a good entryway into learning to say no is to first say, let me check my schedule and Mm -hmm. then go back and say, my schedule will not allow it. That's the quote. Instead of it being a you saying no, it's your schedule saying no. It's my paper planner with all this white space on it saying no. It's not me, but it's my schedule will not allow it. And that's a really like precise, quick, takes the blame off of you for those of us who don't want to disappoint people. And um, I think it's just, it's margin that we're protecting in our lives. And so when we have boundaries, we're protecting that margin of whatever, whatever we need to block off, whether it's quiet, alone time, uh, freedom to use our time as we see fit instead of other people planning it for us. But that to me is kind of the key of having boundaries. Yeah, I'm thinking of um, Shonda Rhimes's Year of Yes. Have you read that yeah, or seen I that? I haven't read it. Mm-mm. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't read it either. We'll put it in the in the show notes. But a lot of, um, I think the premise is generally like she wants to be able to say yes to more things. But in order to do that, you got to learn how to yeah. say no. Because all of the unnecessary yeses are taking up so much of your time and your energy and your effort that you you don't have room for the things that you really want to say yes yeah. to. Well, it's your priorities. So paying attention. Yeah, it's your priorities. Yeah. yeah. And um, we'll just go ahead and segue to this now. But we, each episode, we have some advice that we totally just are giving to each other. You don't have to take it. But in our last episode, we <laughs> talked about identifying maybe three physical features of the place you live or three um, really just firm things you can tell yourself uh, to kind of bring you back to your reality and to your present moment. And we wanted to check back in on those and I'll let Kelly go first, but then I'm going to, I'm circling mine back around to the current topic of boundaries. So Kelly, what were your, um, your three things that you decided that would get you back in your present moment or present space? So mine were the last time we spoke, mine were really broad. Um, and I, I'm taking the opportunity now to narrow that down and be a little more specific. Um, So we are currently stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And um, today, this morning even, I had the opportunity to sit in and kind of guest co-host an AM radio station uh, show, which was always fun. But there's a a local restaurateur that has a radio show, and he's talking always about what's going on in Fayetteville. So the whole idea is, you know, to advertise different events and things like that in the city, um, get people excited about what's going on, get them out of their houses and attending certain things. Um, so yeah, so he had me on today to help him kind of do the digest of what's going on. And his question was exactly the same. It was like, okay, well, Kelly, you're not from Fayetteville. So what are your favorite things? Um, so I landed on, we love the community. I love living where I live. We live in a little historic district. I just adore it. I mean, everything about it. Yeah, and I'll just, I'll leave it there because I could go on and on. Um, the food truck scene here is like blowing up. It is just exploding. So, I mean, every two or three times a week, there's a place you can go with probably a dozen food trucks. Um, and that's just, that's, that's just fun. cool. Um, love that. Yeah. And then the events, there's always something going on. Literally always something. If you meander downtown, um, it's been revitalized. There's always some sort of like Fourth Friday or like a fairy hunt last week. They did and all the local stores opened up and you'd go shop for clues and find fairy doors all over downtown. And, you know, just really, really cool stuff. And when I think about maybe moving away or potentially moving away, those are the kind of things that I'm going to miss. So those are the kind of things that I want to consciously be aware of on a daily basis 
I love it here because, um, and we are so fortunate to live here and to enjoy these things while we're here. That's great. Well, so mine, I mentioned three physical things in episode two, but uh, in talking to Kelly, I kind of refined mine into more of a mission statement for myself and for our family. And I'm going to link to the actual sermon I kind of got this from, but the three words that I want to be true of me and to be true of our family, the words are hospitable, available, and faithful. And um, Kelly kind of called me out on the available word as it relates to boundaries, (laughs) because she says, you know, isn't this kind of like counterintuitive to what we're talking about in terms of setting? Yeah, it sounds like it's in conflict. conflict. Mm -hmm. And this is where I'm kind of bringing this all back around to me. Like she mentioned in that Chandra Rhymes year of yes, like it's available to the right things. It's not available to everything. Mm -hmm. It's not saying yes to everybody who asks or any need that's out there. It's knowing where my strengths lie. It's knowing the accuracy of what kind of time I have and then being available within those constraints. So mm. that's kind of bringing it back to the boundaries because I do want to be available. It's smart. Yeah, I work smarter, not harder. Smart availability. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's great. Yeah. Well, that. the other thing that I have kind of realized over the years is um, – I think when you do know your personality type and you know the things that kind of drain you, one thing that has been a game changer for me is I realized a few years ago that I I have a harder time saying yes to things that are very open-ended, that keep what I call a lot of tabs Mm. open. I need things (laughs) that I can say, yes, I have done this. I've checked it off. The task is complete. Like, I have a harder time Mm. with just this vacuous, like... Oh, it might, who knows, which is, I don't know. That's maybe not a great way to live. Always looking at the finish line of stuff, but. Yeah. But I wonder too, if you haven't been conditioned, uh, based on how transient our lifestyle is to do that, like to always. So I used to do the same thing. Actually, my husband laughed. He used to pick at me so bad when we first started dating because for some reason I always put a time limit on our relationship. Like I, I know it's not okay. <laughs> it was really exciting for him because he's like, yeah. oh, great. <laughs> but but I seem to be putting these, like, milestones. I don't know. I think it was me. Um, Brene Brown talks about foreboding joy um, where you kind of pre-mourn a thing because you're too, you're too scared that you'll lose it. So you have something good, but you're too worried about what's going to happen when the good oh. ends or when it's over. Yeah. So I, I had always set this like limit. So when we first met, he, it was summer and I was like, Oh, well, we'll break up when you go back to school. I'm sure he wants to ground. Mm. Right. I know. It sounds so sad but, <laughs> right. But can't, right. And you yeah. know me, like this was like a hardcore defense mechanism. It was like, well, I don't want to get hurt. So I'm just going to go ahead and put this timestamp on it. An expiration date, literally. So, and then, you know, he, I think he took, a trip he went overseas or something and I was like well he won't still be around when he gets back and he was and then it was well when he starts back to school and then he and then I, the relationship kept going and then I was like oh when he graduates he'll be so bored with me he's gonna move on and do his thing and he graduated and stuck around and like I kept pushing the pushing the finish line mm. to the next thing until a good two years into our mm. relationship and we were finally like oh no this is it's serious forever. Like, and he had to he had to finally convince like convince me like no I'm 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 not going anywhere. I mean, if you're going to go, okay, cool. But you're clearly yeah, not. You've been here. <laughs> you're, just, yeah. you're just pushing this expiration date. So, yeah, so I don't know. I've done it. I've gotten better about it 
do you think with yours it's more about like a metric that you need to measure at the back end to see whether or not it's worth continuing or do you think it's just like why do you think you do because I know for sure you do that because you've cha- you've pushed me on a few of our projects like okay we'll do this for this long and I and need we'll to know see. after this yeah. amount of time <laughs> and then we'll see I don't know I guess it is kind of a toe in the water kind of thing just testing to see hmm. um yeah and I guess I just know that I can't keep so many tabs open in a million areas mm-hmm. and and I want to do what I commit to I want to do it well I don't want to just have all these things up in the air and then none of them are are well done they're all just you know but that well that's great because I think I think we push each other in in opposite directions in that way because I literally have 45 tabs open right yeah. now on my computer and in yeah. my brain. But so I'm always like, Claire, look at this thing. Let's try this social media scheduler. Let's and she's like, wait, stop. Yeah, let me, I haven't even gotten let's just do this one. Yeah. <laughs> well what do you So we both kind of push What do in you that think? Because we've talked a lot about our own kind of boundary issues. What do you think just in general? Like what would you say to the person who maybe does have difficulty with interpersonal boundaries? What would be your advice to that person? I mean, so I would say that you have to do a really hard, long look at yourself and what you think your capacity is to the point where you're still doing things well. So like what you were just saying, like the things that I do, I want to do them well. So there is always a point of diminishing returns, right? There is a point at which you fatigue and you get weary or your attitude shifts. Um, Say you've committed to do a thing or, you know, it can be a relationship. Maybe it's a, a relationship that when you get a text and says, let's meet up and you're mm-hmm. like, Ugh. if you get a feeling like, I don't know if that's something that I still want to put energy and time into, that's when you need to start being really honest with yourself and figure out if it's a, if it is, if there's an obstacle that you've put down that's hindering the relationship or your capacity in the relationship or in the commitment, um, and something that you can work through, then great. But if it's not, if it's actually just not a good fit, and y'all, sometimes things are just not a good fit, and that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. You, person, are not meant to do all the things, right? You can do, what is the saying? You can do anything, but not right. everything. Um, you know? So you have to figure out what you're good at, and that takes some some introspection, some self-awareness. Um, we have tons of ideas on things that can help you get there, but, um, So do you think a good, a good place to start though, is to kind of look at what your pain points are, like to look at what, what, what is the place that you find yourself stressing or imploding or feeling flustered? Like maybe that's a good signal, an arrow that points. Find Find the moments where you start to feel weary. Just what are, and then, and then counter that with the things that bring you joy and excitement and, how different are they? Are they correlated in any way? Like where, yeah, where, where are your pain points? Where do you struggle? And then see if you can start to connect some strings to, um, yeah, a commitment, a relationship, whatever it is. And then from there start to say, okay, well, could I draw back on something? Um, yeah, maybe it's, yeah, well, I don't want to get into all the hypotheticals, but if there's something that you can identify and then start to maybe take some steps away from. And it's and my biggest, this is my biggest piece of advice. And maybe this is just a thing. Maybe practice one time this week saying no to something. Yeah. No. And I mean, no, period. Not, 
no, I'd really love to, you know, no, 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 not the whole life story. Just no. And just test it out. And it could be something easy. Like, can I offer you second helpings of grandma's mashed potatoes? You can say no to grandma. (laughs) She might not like it, but you can say no. And then just see how that goes down. She'll still love you. Well, I think you you do bring up a good point. And I know you're joking about grandma's mashed potatoes, but I think a lot of this quote advice, it's one thing when it's like maybe your neighbor down the street who you don't really know really well. It's a whole different ball of wax when it's a family member or a husband. And I think it becomes increasingly Mm. difficult because those are not disposable relationships or those are not relationships with end dates. Like, well, we're moving in a year and big deal if, you know, I've let you Mm. down because I can't take you to the airport. Um, So I do think starting small is a good idea because, yeah, Yeah. you don't want to like totally alienate. um, But you do have to get to the point where you realize, like we mentioned before, I think I can't control you. If, when I tell you no, right. I can't control your response, but I can control like how I react and respond. And that's all, that's the only mm-hmm. person I'm really responsible for. And to take that a step further and before you even react, respond, you need to be observant of how you're feeling about it. Like say the no and then tune in to you, your body, your mind, your heart. Like how does that feel yeah. to say no? And then start digging into that. You know, if you feel shame or guilt or you know, I, I don't know, like you're letting somebody down. Like, why? Why do you, do you feel like the relationship can't withstand a no? Um, you know, do you feel like you can't have a clear enough conversation with that person to say no and have them still love you? Okay, well, then is that still something you want to be engaged mm-hmm. in? You know what I mean? So, yeah, just start to kind of like just recognize that in yourself when you're doing it in the moment. But you're going to have to consciously, especially if you're habitually a yeser, mm-hmm. you know, if you're habitually saying yes to people, um, it's going to take a little bit of work. Like you're going to have to really, you're going to have to try who, Oh my gosh, I'll have to find it. I remember someone posted something. There was someone that was, he did an experiment and he actually had to find people to ask him. No, it was the other way around. He would ask people for really outrageous favors. Oh yeah. I think I've heard of that or seen it. Do you know I, this? Vaguely, oh yes. my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> You guys, this is like the worst podcast. So you're going to have to wait until we figure it out and then we'll put it in the show notes. But (laughs) um, he would ask people these really outrageous things because he wanted to get more accustomed to being told no. Like he wanted to see like so that it could help him. I think and it was a professional sort of mindset thing. But he was like, I want to be sure that I'm like respecting other people's boundaries. And then also I'm okay hearing no. It's fine to be let down. It's okay. Which, so, that is, yeah. What's anyway, funny that about that too. is, you know, we live in a world where there are tons of like MLMs and um, at-home businesses and mm. whatnot. And I can tell you, I've been asked a million times, oh, you'd be great to sell this. And I always respond <laughs> with, oh no, I wouldn't. Because <laughs> while I hate to tell other people no, I can totally handle your no. Because I'm always pretty much going ahead and offering an apology to you. Like, it's okay. If you don't want to buy this, no big deal. I didn't think you would anyway. No pressure. I mean, I hate to even ask. So so I kind of need to keep that in mind too. You're anticipating that. If somebody is getting a no from me, they, like you said earlier, they probably really don't care. They Mm. just need an answer and then they'll go ask somebody else. Yeah. And that's another lesson I think I've learned is that when I say no, 99.9% of the time, somebody else gets a chance to fill in 
in the role, in the job, in the task. Yeah. And and so one yeah. thing I tell myself too is like, well, I don't want to rob yeah. somebody else of a blessing that they might get to do it. <laughs> I love that. And I've given that advice so many times, especially when we talk about career right. transitions. So I've had people come to me like, I want to leave this job, but I feel, ter- I feel mm-hmm. terrible putting them in a lurch. And I'm like, are you happy in the job? No. Have you been happy in the job in a long time? No. I dread it. I don't think I'm doing my best work. You know, I don't feel like I'm being appreciated. You know, whatever the, whatever it is that, you know, the, the, the problem is. And I'm like, don't you think that maybe they're feeling the same kind of way about you? I mean, if you're that unhappy, you know, that this might be a thing, right? And then not only that, but you could be holding the door closed for someone else. Let right. it go. Free <laughs> it up. They'll yeah. be fine. No ship will sink. Yeah. Because because you because you jumped off. Yeah. So yeah, that's always the biggest thing I say is like, oh my God, give someone else yeah. a chance. They'll have a warm body in your job tomorrow. So that's right. <laughs> yeah. Totally but when true. you feel like you've put in a lot of effort and love and care for something, it does feel like oh, aren't they gonna miss me? And I mean I've I've made this place for myself, but I have learned no. Mm-mm. They don't. But I tell you what, they'll miss you less if you drag out the process. Like if you go on good terms and, you know, if you're doing things in the right way, they'll appreciate that. Um, Yeah. Great advice. That's good advice. That was two for. (laughs) I think that's a great tip because I think a lot of the things that many of us struggle with and a lot of the frustration and the stress that we deal with in life, it is self-created it's created because we don't say no enough yeah yeah those are stories they're all stories you guys you're telling them in your own mind your ego latches onto them and you know if you don't say no to a thing you're already telling yourself some story about how the fall what the fallout is going to be and it's unnecessary yeah Um, yeah so you've got to know your priorities you've got to know what's important to you you've got to know yourself and as those things continue to you know as you continue to learn and grow in that regard um i do think the no's become easier thanks for joining us this week on advice not given for resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode head over to our website at millspogurus.com that's m-i-l-s-p-o-g-u-r-u-s if you enjoyed this episode please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an itunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show if you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors check out our patreon page you can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date but then sending over a latte it's a thing also be sure to find us on instagram and facebook at millspogurus where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not to